All right, good morning. Been a long time. Um, so this is Doc Scott's Revival Talk. So just so you guys, anybody new knows the format, 6.30-ish to 7 is Revival Prayer. And then the other part is, um, you like that thumb? Um, where I just, we just talk about revival and what's going on and whatever kind of God has out there on my heart. I never have a clue what I'm talking about until I get here. And even then I don't. Oh, by the way, this is Jamie. This is your wake up call. Bing, 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 bing. Right? Because I'm his alarm. And um, so for those of you that don't know, and you guys can also be sharing this, um, etc. Um, Todd Smith will be here um, today, but he'll be at Remnant um, Thursday night and Friday night. We're also having a meeting tonight at um, Remnant um, Revival Talk with Jamie Jackson and myself. And it is a seating night. And what do I mean by that? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I'm going to actually have to like do a formal apology at some point for Jamie because I spent so many days. Good morning, Phil. Um, making sure everybody knew that he wrecked my life. And so I want them to know that I really do love him and that this really is just part of our little joke. But um, so I'm so glad to be wrecked. And I hope you are too. But a seating meeting is essentially um, getting into the seat that God created for us. That there is something about this time in convergence where many people are finding themselves in this same place where you have been, you've been engaging on a level all your life in the things that you were called to in the, in the places of your gifting, the things that you really, that God really anoints, but you've done them in measure. And now we're going to do them in full. And part of doing them in full is literally just being seated in the place that God has for us. It's part of just owning who we are and what, what it is specifically that we feel like we're about. And when we do that, and the, oh, let me say this, the reason why we don't always own it, because a lot of things, sometimes we, we don't really know. Sometimes we really, um, we don't know because of what we've been doing, because what we've been doing hasn't really matched what we think we're about. And so the good news in all of that, as we've been saying, is that the perspective that comes when you're seated is that nothing you've done has been wasted. And the perspective you have when you are seated in the thing that you are called to is the very thing that takes the thread and runs it through the tapestry of your life, connecting all the dots. Because then we realize that all of this has been preparation and nothing's been wasted, even the things that we thought were mistakes. That God's divine purpose goes deeper than the moment that his purpose in our lives has not been, good morning, Daniel, has not been happenstance. This isn't a coincidence. Nothing's wasted. It's not a, not a mistake that we're here. We are in this season of convergence and acceleration. That's our two really good things. Convergence, meaning that the ages are converging into this place that every age we've been in is actually, and everything that was released is converging right now. And everything that um, we've been about personally is a lot of people are getting um, taken off the shelf right now. 
and you're finding out what you were really created for. And that's a good thing because in this spot, the backing of heaven is behind us. When we fully own what we belong, it's just like Jesus sitting down in the seat, the Messiah seat, after he opened the scrolls and read the scripture that, that was fulfilled in their midst that talked about him in Isaiah. So that's what that's about. And that meeting tonight, we're going to be praying and prophesying over people that are in their seat. And we're going to release people into it. So it's going to be a good thing. So I hope you guys can join us. And we're going to be also streaming it live. So um, I'm going to stream it live on my Facebook. And there's, I think, Remit 2 at the same time. We're going to have a couple things going. So at any rate, that's enough of that. Here's what the Lord was kind of just putting in my heart on the way in here. Um, right? Conversing at dizzying speeds. So get ready for holy disorientation, my wife said. I mean, that's it. If you haven't read her post from yesterday, it articulates what's going on right now really well. And the part that gets confusing in disorientation, well, that, that's a synonym, sorry. The part that gets confusing for people is that when the trajectory of people's paths are changed, they don't get changed in a vacuum. They get changed from something to something, which means that the people that are literally in your congregation or the people even in your family, the people around you, when God begins to change the trajectory of our lives in the process of convergence, right? And all of these things converging at this time. Tribes are converging. People are like people are coming together with a single laser focus. And that is to seek God's face, to know Jesus, to make him known to release his kingdom and revival and fire on the planet. And so when that happens, you have a series of suddenlies. And suddenlies are called suddenly because they're sudden. And that's very disorienting. It's very disorienting when somebody goes from this place to that place just like that. When somebody who's been sitting here is over here, or somebody goes from here to another state, they move. And so in convergence, you have this conglomeration of trajectories that are literally changing. And so the players on the chessboard are being moved, and it's strategic because convergence isn't just to benefit one, it's for all. And so even though I don't understand the movement and I don't get it, I don't understand why people seem to be moving teams, switching here, going there, um, suddenly leaving a job behind because they feel like they need to do this, that God's called them to. God has prepared us for the suddenlies. He's not surprised by them. And what we have to do in the process is not be distracted by them. We cannot be distracted by them in ways that cause us to come out of our place of focus. And we have to just be okay with holy chaos and disorientation. Because it's not the same. And I think for some of us, if you've got a background where you've had trauma where you've had um, lots of places of devastation and hurt, 
Chaos is what we're addicted to, and trauma is what we're often addicted to. This is not that. The holy chaos that Jesus is bringing and releasing right now is a disorientation that leads to being anchored in him. The disorientation has a big anchor in it, and he is anchoring us to himself even as we are being moved and even as um, what we look like, what looks like loss, actually ends up working in our favor. That's right, my wife just said that, it's true. There are things right now that are gonna seem like a loss. There are, seem, there, there are things, if we wrap our head around all of the whys. I was saying yesterday when Jamie and Joey were here for lunch, I've had these seasons in my life where I had to literally, at one point, because just to survive, I had to take the things that I didn't understand and I drew a big imaginary box. And I said, I'm gonna put everything in the box that I don't get and I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening this way. And what came next was the part that really redeemed me and really released something of God in my life because I said, I don't have to understand it to give you my yes. My yes is not contingent upon me understanding what looks chaotic, what looks like loss, what looks like chaos that is familiar. This is not that kind of chaos. There is a chaos in the world that is wrought out of places of destruction. This is not destruction. This is a chaos that is building a habitation. And in building this habitation, trajectories are, are, are moving, convergence is happening, and everything is in a holy swirl right now. And so don't get locked in and don't call what, don't call what God is doing evil when it's really good. Just because chaos feels familiar and it taps this thing back here, this era is not marked by that one anymore. So draw the line. Literally, we are declaring that we are in a new era. Okay, and everything that happens in this new era of time in the kingdom of heaven will not be something that we can look at behind us to define it. The only way to define what is going on right now is to look at Jesus and to be okay if my definition is not satisfied. If you're asking yourself why, because this is one of the things Bill Johnson said, this is what distinguishes us from being victims. The victim says, why are you doing this, right? Why are you doing this to me, God? Because I, I feel disorientation. My temptation is to hook it to something in the past and call it negative and call it bad, right? Because it triggers. You're going to get triggered. So just deal with it. But know that when you're triggered, 
that this is not leading to that, okay? That is not this over here. And one of the reasons I think it gets really tricky for us is because this is not a chaos that leads to destruction, but to habitation. He's doing something that he's already prepared us for, for habitation. He's, he's moving us and literally disorienting us so that we cling, so that we cling to him in a way that we've never clinged before. And this era is gone. If you look to the past to define the present, you're gonna, it'll, you'll be, it'll be distorted. I, and I have to be willing to take what I don't understand right now, and we're gonna throw it in that box, okay? Because my understanding is not something that I need to have. And I know that you're talking to somebody right here, ask my wife, I've gotta know everything. And I get really upset. And when the carpet gets pulled out and I feel disoriented because everything is changing, right? My trauma buttons go off. You know, I, I, I would jokingly say, oh, my PTSD is showing. You know, here it is. It's like, ah, right? But no. The trap of the enemy is to tell you that. And it is really a holy disorientation right now. Okay? So it leaves me in a place where the only thing that I can do is to trust him. What a novel thought right? Because the thing that he's always been after from the beginning is to restore us and bring us back to the original intent, which is innocence restored. We lost who we have been as children all along the way. And that's just a byproduct of what happens in the unholy chaos, okay? So part of what the residue of unholy chaos is that we don't trust, okay? And that we see everything as something happening to me. Bill Johnson said it this way. The victim says, why is God doing this to me? The, the one who is a manifest son and daughter of God who's living in that place of faith says, Lord, what are you doing? And how do you want me to respond? Totally different. Jesus is not doing something to us to hurt. He is bringing us back to our original intent and it is painful in places. It just is. Um, it is. It's painful and it's disconcerting and none of us likes to be disoriented. We don't like the unfamiliar. And the, the good news or bad news is, well, that's where we're going to be living to the end. He is bringing us out of what is familiar and bringing us into the unfamiliar. And in the unfamiliar, Jesus is standing in the middle, beckoning us to come. And if we will embrace unfamiliar territory, unfamiliar faith, unfamiliar obedience, unfamiliar Holy Spirit connections, unfamiliar encounters with God, unfamiliar miracles. If we will say yes to that, I guarantee you 
that we will not be disappointed and that we will live in the moment by moment that he's in. And that's what he's returning to us. He's bringing us back to a place of trust. Look, we were never supposed to be planning our way through life out on everything. We were never meant to have everything mapped out. A mapped out life sucks. I'm just saying. It's predictable, but who wants predictable? You know, I mean, really, think about it. If you want predictable, and that's why every movement has gone amiss, and that's why we have denominations that have no life, where truth and encounter are not married, it's all cerebral. Why? Because they chose safety over being recklessly abandoned to being truly safe in the unfamiliar. The only safe place for you to be right now and for me to be is in the unfamiliar. If you lock on to what's familiar and you lock on to your map and you lock on to your scheme and your plan, you lose. You lose. The good news is the grace that Jesus has released in revival that he always releases is there is a grace to embrace the unfamiliar and to walk in holy chaos. It's... <laughs> It's really good because in holy chaos, everything is changing simultaneous. Abraham, in Romans 4, 17, or right before that, he says, he's our example and father. For in God's presence, he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. And against all odds, when it looked hopeless, we've been living, as you know, even in our conversation yesterday, when I talked about living in places of contending from disappointment, we all three got wrecked because it's been our experience. How many years did you come to the beginning of the year and you didn't want to read the prophetic outcast? Forecast, rather, <laughs> or outcast. How many years in contending for this? You know, how many of us really did sing the song, he's in the waiting with a little sarcastic edge? Come on, let's be honest. Oh, he's in the waiting, all right. He's in the waiting, he's in the waiting. Here's the good news in that. Jesus saw your heart the whole way through and that's what he's connecting to. And the fact that we're still standing and we're still pressing and we're still here, standing in the middle of the greatest disorientation and holy chaos the world has ever known, means <laughs> you passed. <laughs> you got an A. I'm teacher. Let's hand out the A. That's a 100, dude. Because we're still here. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I'm still standing. I'm still standing, and he, I was not taken out because Jesus has always loved me. He's always had me, and he brought me to this point for such a time as this. And there is grace upon grace right now to come into holy disorientation and to come into holy chaos and to live in the unfamiliar and to move when the Spirit moves and move with him. If you do that, you will live a supernatural life that is marked by miraculous, marked by great passion, and marked by fire that is unquenchable. 
literally. So the fire is in the disorientation. When Paul said this about Abraham, I love the, the Passion Translation. In his presence, everything we do outside of the presence is counterfeit. Everything we do outside the presence is walking by the light of our own fire and we lay down in torment. That's what we get. In his presence, he believed. Look, on a normal day, outside of the presence, what do you think we feel? If you want to know the devil's playground, think about when you're not living in the presence and you're not living in an encounter as a lifestyle with Jesus where his presence and practicing his presence is cultivated. Where do you live? You live in your soul and you live in the eyes that you have in your head. Michael Van Vyman, love him, love him, friend of ours, is praying in the spirit. This is going to rock some of you. He saw a crystal glass in the spirit. It's all in his book, How to See in the Spirit. And Jesus said, grab the glass. He reached in to something he saw in the unseen and grabbed it. And it manifest into a real crystal glass. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, right? Everything he said that God does with him is an object lesson. And his object lesson was that the unseen real is more real than what you're seeing through your eyes. Abraham looked into the unseen real. And that's why it was attributed to him as righteousness because by faith he looked into something in the spirit and he called it down here. And that's what he's saying in this. Against all odds, the way that we do this one is in his presence, we get to frame up our reality and we get to say what's happening and what's going to happen and what's not. That's where binding, loosing, calling things into existence. Look, in his presence, we come into agreement with heaven. Outside of his presence, we come in agreement with my soul and man and the world system. That's why we have all these moves out here that are dead and they're caught up in this cerebral dead law garbage. is because they came into agreement with their soul. They came into agreement with the world system and they're reaping from that system. If you want to reap from the spirit, you got to sow into it. That everything we do is sown in spirit and his spirit and presence. When we sow to the spirit, we reap from the spirit. Better news. When we sow to the spirit, we reap in the spirit and the natural. That's where manifestation comes in. I just repent for living in my head for so many flipping years, right? And for living in the scene real and letting what I'm looking at be the thing that determines my trajectory. 
be the thing that determines my plan. There is so much mercy and grace right now available in this revival to leave that dead land back in that era and to step into a new era that is defined by holy chaos, radical submission, radical fire, radical trust, and walking forever in what is unfamiliar. Everything in us, and that's part of why we have to get so disoriented, because how do you take something out of somebody's hand? To be disoriented and to be catapulted into holy chaos is straight up mercy, drunk, straight. No additive, not even an ice cube in that drink. It's drinking mercy straight. It's drinking grace straight up. That's his mercy. And the irony in all of that or not is that is him answering your prayer. Maybe not the one in your head, but most definitely the one that was in your heart. That's the one he's answering. And I don't always know my own heart. So I get disoriented when Jesus is answering that prayer. And yet, if I embrace it, I find that it is a desire fulfilled in my heart and that my heart is awakened and that I am alive to him again. That's why, you know, we have to be shaken sometimes so hard and catapulted into holy chaos. It's, it's the mercy of a God who wants my heart. It's the mercy of a God that wants me to collaborate with him in bringing the biggest revival that the planet has ever known. It is literally, <laughs> that's how he recruits, right? <laughs> I like, we're not using indeed.com or monster.com, do you? Like, literally, if you want to know what Jesus' recruiting card is, it's called Holy Chaos. That's where he pulls me into the chaos and the disorientation and shakes all the garbage off of me, all my unbelief, all my dead lawless works. He shakes everything off of me. He shakes the ingrained patterns of familiar out of my brain and he begins to write something new on my brain and in my DNA. It's where my holy DNA gets activated. Activated. We have been like sleeper agents. And part of convergence is awakening the sleeper agents in the land and calling them into life and into the holy chaos of the spirit and coming off of the shelf and into the army coming off of the shelf and out of all the places we've tracked and bringing us into the very thing that we were created to do. The gifts and calling 
are irrevocable. Thank you, Jesus, that your mercy and grace for us was so much larger than our ability to enter in. That your mercy and grace was so large that you led us from one encounter so that we could have another encounter. There's no, it's right, no self, no shelf life in God. Holy chaos is kingdom. Holy disorientation is kingdom. And walking in the unfamiliar is what we are being trained in in the kingdom. An army is being raised up as manifest sons and daughters of God who are so conditioned, literally made to walk in unfamiliar that the trajectory of their path can change just like that, that they can be placed here, moved here, go there, so that they are literally chained and tethered to the Holy Spirit in such a way that when he breathes, moves, our hiccups, we get it. And that his voice has become the plumb line and anchor in our heart. And we're not living out a plan. We're not living out something that we've created. Like I said, that's how every movement goes astray because we live, we're not living out of a world system and we're not conforming to the image of the world. We're not conforming to the image of my five-year plan. We're not conforming to the image of my soulish desires. We're connecting with the dream that is God. And if your prayer is something that you can accomplish, then it's too small. The prayer that I'm, the Jesus is waiting. Oh, he's waiting for the prayer that's in your heart. He's waiting for somebody to ask him to do something that is so far beyond what he, we could ever imagine or articulate or do in our own strength. He's wanting the world changers to emerge and pray that prayer. And the only way that we can live is where the unseen real is more real than what we see. That's what it means to bring heaven to earth. That's what it means to be a dual citizen. That's what it means to be living in both realms. We have to be, and he has prepared us for this. No matter how much it wrecks you to be so disoriented, it's the very holy chaos and the holy disorientation that is bringing you back to Jesus. Because on your own trajectory, on your own plan, and on the world system that agrees with your soul and the devil, honestly, you, you won't ever come into encounter and you will never live a spirit-filled life and you'll never be a part of a revival that is changing the face of the globe. The only way we come in is through the narrow gate of the unseen real. And we come in through the narrow gate of holy transformation, holy disorientation, and chaos where walking in what's unfamiliar and walking in supernatural is as natural as breathing. That 
is an army that God can use. Not that somebody else isn't going to get used, but I don't just want to be lightly used. I want the whole enchilada. Dude, I'm not in this for the short haul. I'm in it for the long haul, and I want everything. So don't even utter the prayer that you want everything unless you know that the yes in your heart can agree with that. Because there's a yes that has to come with I want everything. And that yes is the thing that in this season and the grace that is being extended and the mercy that's being extended and revival, that's the yes that he's hearing. And it's the yes that's in your heart, not even necessarily the one that you think of. So when you come to that water on Thursday and Friday and we say to you, why are you in the water? The yes that's in your heart's got to fly out of your mouth. And Jesus is going to answer that yes. And you're going to know your own heart for the first time. I'm serious. You're going to know your own heart for the first time. I've known my soul and I've known my plan. And I've known my emotion and I've known trauma. This new era is trauma free. It's not about trauma. Trauma is something I pull from the past and today and I misinterpret the time. Trauma is what I bring into the present and without of that voice, I call something very holy, unholy. That's blasphemy. We will not do that. We cannot do that. We will call what is holy, holy, and we will honor it and we will take our box that we have to create to throw everything we don't understand in it and throw it in the box and say, you've got me whether I get it or not. I don't have to understand this to follow you. I don't have to get it. Getting it is over and it's overrated. Raw trust says, what are you doing? And how do you want me to respond? Raw victimization, why are you doing this to me? Raw victimization is that era. Raw and radical trust is this one. So who's in? I'm sorry I went over today. Got all excited. If you feel like there's something in this one that somebody needs to hear, go ahead and share it. Because, see, the good part is I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me and you. So everything, (laughs) this is where I'm living. This isn't like a message. This is, this is Jesus in me right now. And I'll give you guys another little clue of mine that I've learned. If it's in you, it's Jesus. Don't question it. Like you have union with him. If it blesses, builds, edifies, spreads fire, I think that's Jesus. So thank you guys. Blessings. And I was going to apologize for going over, but not really. Love you guys. Let me know what you guys think. Put your prayers into your comments, things you want us to agree with. And we will continue to agree that Todd gets here safely, that everything that God has to bring through him and Jamie and Pastor Mac and all of the people that are going to be involved in this, literally 
are just saturated to overflow. In Jesus' name, amen.